0: This is Kristen from the Positive Psychology Podcast. Today I want to talk about this idea that there are many happy versions of yourself. And I think this might be best explained by giving a couple of examples from my own life. So here are examples of when I felt really happy. Um, number one. When I was studying psychology, and every day I left the library whistling because my mind was blown. I was just completely amazed almost every single day. And there were days when when things were super hard. And still, at the end of the day, I was like, wow, that is amazing. All right. So that is one kind of happiness um, when I was learning. There's the happiness um, that I felt when I managed to write every single day um, for my audiobook, and I managed to finish it, that was a different kind of happiness, that was a productive, creative happiness. Then there's the happiness when I'm with my writing group friends, and we are just bantering and talking, and I feel like um, I got my very own How I Met Your Mother crew of you know witty people who I really, really love being around. Then there's the happiness of, um, of traveling. You know, I remember, uh, for example, a road trip where I took the car from uh, one set of relatives' house who lived in the north of California and then drove to the south via route number one. And I was by myself and I had uh, not a mixed tape, but mixed CDs. <laughs> uh, I don't know about... 15 of them, I guess, and I was just singing along, and I was by myself, and I was super happy. Then there's the happiness of stumbling upon the street food market in Brick Lane in London, where you get to eat food, that is just amazing. You know, like, fusion between Ethiopian and Indian food. I mean, it's just crazy, and the curiosity... And, and the anticipation and some of it was really good and some of it not so much. That also made me really happy. Um, the happiness of being with my my MAP students when we just talked about everything from from positive psychology to spirituality to to uh, profanity. All of it was included. All of it. All of it. The happiness of making plans, the happiness when you, for example, know like, oh, wow, um, we're going to do a workshop together. How are we going to put this together? And you imagine all the awesome things you can do. Um, The the sheer unbelievable happiness when a magazine tells you that they're going to publish your article and even pay you for it. So, as you've seen, I've already talked about, like, eight different kinds of happiness. Um, oh, oh, number nine, my weird summer of hip-hop 2013, when I was just so buzzed that for some reason I just even had to dance in toilets. Like, that's just how much energy I had. Um, the beauty of walking and just, um, and that one, you know, walking and staring at the... Uh, Birds, leaves, you know I'm a friend of all of these things, right? So those are 10 different kinds of happy Christians, all right? So I'd like you to think of that, 10 different happy versions of yourself. Because one thing that we do sometimes that can that can, kind of take away from our happiness is believing that there's only one way to be happy. Oh, if I have this, if I have that, then I'll be happy. Actually, there are many different happy versions of ourselves and I'd love to encourage you to think about yours cheers bye bye hey this is Kristen from the positive psychology podcast Um, these are the last couple of minutes of the birthday or independence day of Switzerland and um, positive psychology we talk a lot about strengths what we do not think about a lot is that we can use this construct also for for things and not just people and what I like about this idea of the strengths of a nation or the strengths of a place like for example the room I'm in right now is that it makes us think, um, it makes us seek out what's good in our environment, um, it makes us appreciate the things that we don't necessarily always think about now for Switzerland. Um, I've come to learn that when I was younger, I really was not very excited to be Swiss because I just felt like, oh, it's so much cooler to be English or Irish because of all the great music that comes from there, the literature and 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 the language is so great. And, and you know, I, to this day, do not really connect to the culture of Switzerland, so for me i felt it was difficult to feel any you know patriotism or anything like that but then after having spent some time abroad i really noticed that that it's these all these unsexy things like being super dependable like thoughtful little things like you have a nice private spot where you can look out and then somebody has sponsored a bench to be there um the fact that, for example, governments and all of that, administration, yes, we have bureaucracy, yes, sometimes I think it's ridiculous, but it's nothing compared to uh, a lot of other places, and and I think that liberates me to live the life I want to live without having to worry about stupid things like politicians robbing the money for my public transport. Um, and me having to sit in traffic all day long as a consequence. So I'd like to encourage you today to think about strengths of places, nations, maybe objects, things you usually wouldn't attribute strengths to. Cheers, bye-bye. Hey, this is Kristen from the Positive Psychology Podcast. Today I wanted to talk about emotions and how we know whether what we're feeling or not is somewhat... Authentic. Oh my god, a little red squirrel. I'm so happy I haven't seen one for like a year. All right, back to you. Um, right, <laughs> sorry, that squirrel has completely uh, caught me off guard. And um, I think that was actually, that's actually a beautiful metaphor. Right? In English we say, when we're distractible, um, squirrel. Oh my god, that's like the universe handing me the topic right there. All right. So, with emotions, um, sometimes it's kind of hard to know, well, should I I give myself the space to, for example, feel the sadness, or should I take measures to see the bright side of things, right? So, if we see the bright side of things while we're feeling actually really sad, there's this danger that we don't fully process our emotions, and that we don't take ourselves too seriously, actually. On the flip side, if we, if we act on every sad impulse we have, we might overestimate the pain that is inside, right? So <laughs> literally what I wanted to talk to you about today, before that squirrel derailed it um, in the best possible way, was to use distractibility as a gauge of how true your emotions are, right? So so when when you're walking around and you're feeling kind of grumpy, um but then but then you see a squirrel, right? And you can you can have that kind of joy that I just had, right? Um, you're probably not really that grumpy. And it's fine to not like validate that grumpiness and all of that. On the other hand, if if somebody might have died, right? or I had some other real heartbreak on my mind, um, I would have probably still appreciated this girl, but it wouldn't have brought the same joy to me, right? Because it would have, my mind would have pulled me back to where I'm actually at very, very quickly. And I think that distractibility is actually a really good measure to know how deep um, and how real your emotions are. Um, as opposed to transient, in which case, you know, you can just distract yourself with something that's happier. All right, cheers, bye-bye. Hey, this is Kristen from the Positive Psychology Podcast. I have been thinking about progress in self-development, both um, over time and myself, but also even over generations. You know, like what happens, and I try to imagine what happens if kids nowadays, for example, learn mindfulness, right? And I kind of try to reconcile that with, with like the general feeling that people often don't feel like, oh, I'm so much better off 10 years ago, unless you've had something really serious like depression. You probably don't think like, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm massively more happy now than I was before, or, or this generation is way happier than the one before, usually they're not that big changes and I kind of thought about why that is and if we're kind of missing something or even doing something wrong because after all why do we invest in things if at the end of the day um, we either feel little change or no change at all, right? So as I was listening to the audio audiobook uh, *The Strength Switch* by Lee Waters, which I can recommend not just to parents but to anybody who wants to work um, uh, and know more about strengths-based, you know, parenting or anything really, just strengths-based teaching humans, um, I, I listened to how she teaches her kids mindfulness, and and then I kind it kind of just flick the switch because it, it just occurred to me, well, those kids do not know and will probably not remember when they're grown-ups um, how different their life was and how, how maybe people were way more irritated before mindfulness came along. And that is kind of similar to us not thinking like, oh, my knee's not hurting today. How great is that? Right? They We all learn these skills and then we don't have a simulator to know what our lives would be like if we wouldn't have the skills that we have. So we probably um, have less conflict, less stress and all of these things, but we are not conscious of that, right? Because we don't know. Uh, what exactly the effects are of learning mindfulness, right? So Lee Waters' kids will not feel like, oh my god, my life is so much easier than the life of my mom, who first had to learn all these things, had to go through depression to kind of discover all of that, right? And I think that's just one of these things that we have to remind ourselves of, especially um, if we feel a bit uh, discouraged about our progress. We are actually progressing, and a lot of it we simply cannot see because we don't have the direct comparison available to us. All right, cheers, bye-bye.